Good morning, everyone. It's so good to be in the house. I just want to take this opportunity to um, greet all the people that are online this morning. Thank you for joining in on us, and particularly to greet my lovely mother in love, Pastor Merle. We love you. Send her a wave. Hello, Pastor Merle. And uh, as we get into the word today, I just want to take this moment and just commit it to the Lord. Father God, I thank you for your Holy Spirit today. I thank you that your Holy Spirit, Father, undertakes in the teaching of this message that the words that are spoken are spoken as they ought to be spoken and delivered straight into the hearts of each and every person that it would take root, Father God, and bring forth a great harvest, that there would be revelation knowledge that would be flooded into their hearts today, understanding what this means, what the word means. Father God, we just give you thanks and we praise you. And everyone said, Amen. I want you to look at the person next to you and say, The old has passed, the new has come. The old has passed, the new has come. In other words, you are a new creation. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old has passed and the new has come. Look at the person on the other side and say, you are a new creation. You are a new creation. And so today as we, our base scripture is 2 Corinthians 5.17 and we're talking about leaving the old and going into the new. This is such a broad subject. Love, will you please tell me? five minutes before I need to end. This is such a broad subject because it's not only, we know that it's definitely about our new life in Christ. But our new life in Christ is a beautiful life. Forgive me if I get a little bit dramatic because this week has been a dramatic week. And when I was putting this message together, it was before before my drama started. And When I read this, I was like, oh, God, I can't preach this message this week. Why this week? But anyway, I want you to know that the old has gone and the new has come. The old into the new is a beautifully yet dramatic picture of God taking us through life every step of the way, growing and developing and getting better, getting stronger, all the while transitioning. You're not just transitioning from one place to the next. You're transitioning from a womb that you have grown out of and existing in a place that you are too big for. You need to go to a new place. You know little about the new life. You know little about this life that you, that's calling you, but you're in a struggle. You're moving, you're fussing, you're pushing, you're kicking, you're crying, and you help, you're crying out, help me to get out of this place. People are telling you what to do. Don't do this, don't do that. Go here, go there. And you just don't know what to do. And they're saying, don't remember, don't forget where you came from. And you're saying to them, it's not about where I came from, it's that I cannot stay in this place anymore. And God is calling you. But you know where you've come from. And you know where you're going. And you feel this pulling toward you. This place he has called you to. 
but you have no idea how it's going to happen or how you're going to get there. All you know is it's now, it's hard, and you're scared. You know, you don't even know, you're not sure of what to do when you get there. And while I describe a picture of the womb and a birth, I'm not talking about a baby. I'm describing that part of you that is alive and you can hear God's voice calling you out. And it's every time you experience a spiritual growth, you're wondering how this could be happening again and again and again. I've been through this before. Why am I going through this again? And my precious children, my precious relatives in Christ, I want you to know that you will experience this every time God births something new in your life. And you're standing right there in that moment, not knowing what's happening. Like your water broke, and you can feel the birthing pains. The womb is pushing you out. Where, are you, where you are living is just too small, and you must get out. You're sweating on your brow because you don't know which way to sit or to stand. And your breathing is shallow, and your breaths are short and uneven. And the things that are coming out of your mouth are echoing down the wall and you've forgotten your manners and you've been direct, you've been urgent and you've been determined. You're not in control. You're not in control, but God is. And who can fathom the things of God? You cannot stay here another minute. To stay would mean certain death. Yet where you're going is just as uncertain. You must push, and you give that last push out, and you let out this cry, and you're into the new. However, you thought it was over, but boy, it's just begun. While, while the afterbirth is all over you and not knowing how to breathe in this new place, you cannot see much. The sounds are uncertain and foreign, and where you were comfortable before, where you could inhale and exhale, it is so different out here. The sounds are different. The food is different. You're naked and you're vulnerable. And part of you wants to just go back to that place that you came from. Where it was safe. Where it was warm. Where it was dark and familiar. But your new life has just begun. And you can't go back. This is a very dramatic approach to, being born, to the born again experience. But perhaps you've had an easier birth. Perhaps some part of your growth stages have felt similar to what I've just expressed. I want to speak to the midwives today, male and female and other. In a natural labor, there is a midwife who helps you transition. The midwife helps you transition and helps the baby to adapt into its new environment. The problem with this picture that I'm explaining or I'm describing is where is the midwife? Who is helping you to be delivered? And who is caring for you? And who are you caring for when it comes to the handover? Encouraging and assisting the new arrival. You see, the seed was planted. It has grown and it is now here. This baby is not abused. It's not hurt. It's just neglected. There was no one to clean you up, to feed you properly. You look like where you came from, you need help, and you're reaching with with determination upward. You need a midwife. Perhaps this is what goes on in your spirit man whenever you experience, experience a new spiritual breakthrough. 
You see, spiritual breakthroughs never happen when you plan them to happen. They, they happen when God wants them to happen. It's, uncertainty when you're born, it's that uncertainty when you're born again that you don't know what you've come into. And it's the people that come around you to empower you and to help you. I'm sure it's happened to you more than once when you're going through an emotion, a, a, when you're going through something and you're experiencing something and you just don't know how you're going to get through the season. God, when God births something in you, it's a spiritual delivery, and that takes. And when that takes place, He's taking you out of the old season, and He's putting you into the new. The Apostle Paul says it like this in Philippians three fourteen to sixteen. He says, "Brethren." I do not count myself to have apprehended. But one thing I do is forgetting those things that are behind and reaching forward to the things which are ahead. I press forward towards the upward goal for the prize of the upward call of God, Jesus Christ. Therefore, let us as many who are mature. I want to read that again. Let us as many as are mature have this mind. And if... In anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us be of the same mind. What is the mind that I'm talking about? It's the mind of Christ. If you be in Christ today, you are a new creation. Behold, all things have become new. When, the, when Paul says, behold, he's saying, look up, get excited. This is amazing. Everything has become new. And I'm saying that if you're in Christ and you're a new creation, from here onwards, you are going to experience spiritual awakenings or rebirths as God reveals himself to you every step of the way. In fact, we need to have these rebirths in order to grow and to develop and to receive the revelation that God has for you. You will have to leave the old behind as you step into the new. And understanding the new creation is going, is going, understanding creation and what God has done is going to help us to understand who Jesus is in our lives and what we actually are pressing forward into. So let's start in the Old Testament, where we look at the creation of the first Adam. And then God said, let us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, make man in our own image and likeness, according to our likeness. Not a physical likeness, but a spiritual personality and a moral likeness. And let them have complete authority over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the cattle, and over the entire earth, and over everything that creeps and crawls on this earth. So what did God do? God created man in his own image. In the image and the likeness of God, he created them, male and female. He blessed them and granted them certain authority. And so what we understand here, if we come back to the New Testament, Paul is talking about the old man here, and he's saying, to our lives, as we continually shed the old skin and go into the, the new, let us apply the same rule. What rule is he talking about here? He's talking about being of the same mind, being perfected in Christ, a new creation, and keeping the same frame of mind all the time 
which means that when we are in the same frame of mind and we understand who God is, that we are a new creation and that God breathed his breath of life into each and every one of us, that breath of life gives us the breath that we have and his breath releases from us any form of darkness. We are alive in Christ. And that perfection is what we continue to strive towards because in our human capacity, we are frail and we are weak. We are contaminated by the sin that beset us from before. And he's saying, don't worry about that anymore. When I came to live in you, I gave you a completely new life. And there is nothing that can stand or withstand the power of the life within me. And I am transforming you and will continue to transform you. And when he comes to receive us one day, when we go up to meet him in the hair, in the air, in the hair, in the, I was thinking about my hair, in the air, he will transform our lowly bodies into his glorious, glorious image. And that's what we are striving for. We must not forget what it is that we are striving for. And this is the one thing I want to tell you today. Put it in your memory bank. For those who are not in Christ are enemies of the cross. That's a harsh statement. But if you are not in Christ, whether you're circumcised or uncircumcised, whether you've been to church all your life or you haven't, whether you believe this or whether you believe that, if you are not in Christ, it counts for nothing. Therefore, be ye in Christ. Brethren, join in the following, if join in following my example and note those who so walk, as you have us for a pattern. For many walk, of whom I have told you often, and now I tell you even weeping that they are enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is their shame, who set their mind on earthly things. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we, are so e- we so eagerly await the Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly bodies into his glorious and and that we will be conformed to his glorious body according to the working by which he is able to subdue all things to himself this is telling us that god who is all powerful almighty who lives in us can and will transform whatever situation that you face that is dark in your life If you will just allow Christ in and allow his light to shine in, in that moment of revelation, when you realize who God is and the power of him in your life, you will step into a new, you will be transformed. You will step into a new, you will go through a new birth. You will have a new spiritual delivery. Amen. Now, keeping the beginning in mind, let's look at the New Testament. We've got two options. We're either in Christ or we're not. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, grafted in, joined to him by faith, in him as Savior, he is a new creation, reborn, renewed by the Spirit, and old things, previous moral and spiritual conditions have passed away. Behold, say it with me, behold, now come on, behold, all things have become new. Because spiritual awakenings bring a new life. 
But all these things are from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ, making us acceptable to him, and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, so that by our example, we might bring others to him. That is the purpose. That is the goal. And so what are we speaking about, Joe? We're speaking about the power of three. God is a triune God. God is God's Son and Holy Spirit. And man is triune. He is body, soul, and spirit. Now, the old man who has fallen from grace, resulting in his destructive power that is at work within us and its bitter consequences, now are subjected to Satan's plan after Adam fell. Now, Satan's plan is to cause us to live in doubt, question God's word, keep us in discouragement, making us look back at our problems instead of at God's word. He creates diversion, making the wrong things seem attractive so that, when, so that, we, will, so that we will not want to do the things that are right. He keeps us in an attitude and a mindset of defeat that makes you think you're a failure so that you won't even try anyway. And then he delays and makes you put off the things that you want to get done. The born-again experience, born experience is about transitioning. If you think that once you get born again, that's fine, you're going straight to heaven, yes, that is true. But it's not where we stop. We need to continue. Transitioning is leaving one life to go to the next. And Ephesians 4.22 says it like this. Put off your old self, which belongs to the former manner of life and is corrupt through its deceitful, deceitful desires. And to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. You see, it's talking about the same mind again. To be renewed by the spirit of your mind and to put on your new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. You see, the enemy wants you to continually think that because you were a sinner and because of what you had done before, you are never going to be completely new in the eyes of God. You're never going to be completely whole in the eyes of God. You are never going to be completely restored in the eyes of God. And as long as he can keep you there, he can continue to run roughshod over you and create and keep you in a place of despair. And that's his plan. But the new man says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Look at the person next to you and say, you are a new creation. Look at the person on the other side and say, I am a new creation. And all things have passed away. But this is the part that stands out for me. That is in Christ that Christ was reconciling the world to himself, not counting our trespasses against us and entrusting us to the message of reconciliation. He forgot about our sins. He removed them. And we think maybe we, we, we committed a little sin this week. Or maybe we, 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 we fell in a certain area this week. God's not talking about that. He's saying, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are holy and you're acceptable and you're pleasing to me. And I love you and I sent my son to die for you. That is why I want you to know that when you're in Christ. He doesn't say when you're in Christ, 
therefore you are a new creation. He says, if any man be in Christ, a new creation. He combines Christ and new creation as one. We don't know how that transition actually takes place. It's a miracle. New, in Christ, new creation. In Christ, new creation. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. When they made Adam, the word Adam means new man in Hebrew. And Hebrew is one word for new man, new people, new nation. So when you are in Christ, you are a new man, you're a new people, and you are a holy nation. Isn't that amazing? And it says, from the earth he made man, meaning that he molded him into this perfectly formed being in the image and the likeness of God. Then once he had formed man out of the clay and the dust or the earth, he stooped down towards man and he breathed his breath of life into his nostrils. And as he breathed into man, the man of clay, the man was clay. Think of a clay statue or a clay mold. He breathed, he came down. Whenever God comes to man, he, he comes down, he stoops. And he stooped down to man and he took man up in his arms and he breathed his breath into his nostrils. And man now becomes this living being, no longer clay, earth combined with spirit. And he placed them in the Garden of Eden to rule and to dominate the earth and to multiply. And, but man failed to keep his word with himself and God. And he gave that same power that God gave to him to the enemy, the accuser. And this accuser is the same one who rebelled against God in the heavens when God threw him out. And his plan was to do the same to man, to cause man to rebel. And when man rebelled against God, he was covered in shame. And every time we sin and we fall short, what, how do we feel? Ashamed. Embarrassed. To be made a fool of. And so... His, uh, his plan, Satan's plan, was to get Adam and Eve to rebel against God, posing as the serpent that says, did God really say that you shouldn't eat of the tree of life? Genesis 3, 4 says, the serpent said unto the woman, ye shall not surely die. And at that point, as they ate, they were spiritually cut off from God. And God's redemption plan started then. Through the birth, the crucifixion, the resurrection, and even the ascension and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That is where the Spirit's, the Spirit, that's where it began with the Holy Spirit. You see, the rebirth takes us from the old to the new. And so Galatians 2, 20, 21 says, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the, and the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave his self for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for righteousness comes through the unrighteousness for if righteousness comes through the law, 
then Christ died for nothing. In other words, if you, do not, if you are not in Christ and if you do not believe that God has set you free and that you're delivered and that you are in right standing and right with him, then you're living according to the law because it means that you've got to continually work hard to be pleasing and acceptable in God's eyes. And God's saying, nothing you can ever do can make you acceptable in my eyes. That is why the blood covers you. Because when I see the blood on you, when I see your heart and the fact that you've accepted Jesus into your heart, I see perfection. I don't see your mistakes. I don't see your shortcomings. I see the life of God in you. The life that I breathed into the clay, turning the heart of stone into a heart of flesh. You see... Our goal is to pursue and strive towards the resurrected man. And in 1 Thessalonians 4.13 and Thessalonians 5, 1-22, Jesus had to die and be resurrected to give us an incorruptible body. Therefore, we need to die to ourselves and to our flesh so that Christ may be glorified. Because what will happen when we allow God to, re- to reign in a circumstance or a situation when our flesh wants to rule and dictate, we receive the divine life of the Holy Spirit, that incorruptible life, Christ the hope in us, Christ in us the hope of all glory, that eternal life where we get to rule and reign with him, an indestructible life that where he defeated the enemy and that life in Christ empowers us to, to walk in victory. We are undefeated as Christ's followers. And God's plan and fulfillment was, according to Galatians um, 6, 15, it says, Far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world was crucified to me, And I, too, the world. For neither circumcision counts for anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. Nothing else counts. No matter how good you are, no matter how hard you try, if you're not in Christ, nothing else counts. And as for all who walk by this rule, peace, mercy be upon them, and upon the Israel of God. And I kept reading the Israel of God, and I think I thought they must have had a, made a mistake. But I realized the Israel of God are the people of God, the nation of God. You are a new nation. The old has passed away, and the new has come. Adam the old, created by God, perfect with, without sin, became sin, disobeyed, and having eaten of the fruit of the tree, he learned and he, he, he now started to live in the destructive power of his sin and the consequences thereof. But thank God for Jesus. Thank God today that we have Jesus. And having accepted him into our hearts, we know that we are now reconciled to him. And we are walking according to his plan, his purpose, his will. And that every time we fall, he's there in our weaknesses to pick us up, to encourage us, and to help us and push us through. And he takes our heart and our sin that we lived in, and he says, it is no more. It is no more. It is behind me. It is finished. For all things were created in heaven. And on earth, visible and invisible, 
whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn of the dead. That everything, that in everything he might be preeminent. He might be first in all things. And through him he reconciles us to him, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace through the body, the blood of Christ on the cross. And you who were once alienated from God, hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled us in his body of the flesh by his death in order to present you holy, blameless, and above reproach. He's always keeping his eye on us. He's always watching over us. He's always looking out for us. You see, what happens with sin is that when we sin and when we mess up, when we sin and when we mess up, we do everything in our power to try and smooth it over, to try and cover it up, or to try and fix it. And we see this with David, King David, when he sinned against God. He murdered, committed adultery. And when he realized where he was in his sin, he came to God and he said, God, there's nothing that I can do that can actually fix this. And what needed to happen in that moment was a creative miracle from God in order to cause his heart to be repaired and restored. His sin had caused him to lose his baby. His sin had caused him to lose popularity in his, um, in his kingdom that he was ruling in. And nothing that he could do could fix the damage that he had done. And he said to God, he came to God when he realized his sin, and he said, create in me, O Lord, a clean heart. Renew in me a right spirit. And that's when God was able to do a creative act in his life. And that was the same creative act that Jesus did for us on the cross. And that is why it's so important to know that in Christ, now we are a new creation. We are living alive. We are alive in Christ. And it's that same spirit that lives in Christ that lives in us, that raised Christ from the dead. And if that same spirit raised Christ to, from the dead, he is faithful and he is just, and he will watch over his word to perform it in your life. No matter what you're going through, no matter how you feel, God who calls you is faithful, and he will surely bring to pass the word that he has spoken over your life. I want to say this to you. There's one thing that never dies in the kingdom of God, and that's the spiritual seed. You can plant, or a spiritual seed can be planted, but it will never die. Sometimes you don't water it. Sometimes the time is not right. Sometimes the seed stays in the ground for a year. I planted a clivia, and I thought that it died. And I never saw it again. And I was like, oh, I must have wrecked the seed or done something wrong. And over a year later, I saw this bud come up. And this clivia grew. Spiritual seed is like that too. When the conditions are right, God will grow and develop that seed. That baby will need to be birthed. And when that baby is birthed, 
you will leave the old behind and you will go into the new season. But you see, being a new creation is not the ultimate. The ultimate is that we walk in the things of God and continue to pursue God. Just becoming a born-again believer and being a new, a new creation is not really where it ends. It needs to continue so that you continue to grow. Grow through your trials, grow through your pain, grow through the circumstances, birth new things in your life. When God wants to birth something in your life, allow him to birth it in your life and continue to push forward because we are striving for perfection. We are striving for perfection. You see, the Bible is the only place where there is a reckoning or a revelation of what sin is. It's the only place and reference that we can go to where we can find out what exactly what sin is, how to remedy it, how to, to, to fix the situation. And that's the same place where we come and we realize that Christ has come to save us. You see, when we get born again, we... When we, when we look at the Bible, the Old Testament, the Old Testament changes our salvation from Old Testament salvation to New Testament salvation. And Old Testament salvation looks forward through prophecies, types, and shadows to something that is yet to be done. But New Testament salvation looks back to the finished work of redemption by Jesus on the cross. And that's where we come to in salvation. And John 1, 4, John, 1 John 4, 1 John 5 verse 4 says, For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. So, who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes in Jesus Christ. And there's only two requirements that you need when you believe in Jesus Christ. And that is to believe in your heart that he is Lord and to confess your sins before him. And when you confess your sins before him, you step into a new life, a divine life with Christ, an, an eternal life with him, an incorruptible body that you will attain and receive. And an indestructible life that no one can take from you, that eternal life and that eternal freedom that you have. And so as we close and take this minute to close, I want you to close your eyes and I want you to realize that you, being a new creation in Christ, can now walk in freedom and in hope, knowing that every time you go through a struggle, every time you go through a challenge, God is birthing something new in you so that you can grow in perfection. So that the shame that he put on the Adam and Eve can be shaken off and you no longer have to walk in shame. And if you haven't received Jesus Christ as your Lord today, that is the first step, accepting him as your Lord. And as I speak to the people that are online, if you haven't received Jesus as Lord, I want you to pray this prayer with me. I want you to acknowledge whether you believe Jesus as your Lord and confess him as your king. Confess your sins and accept him as your king. If there's anybody in the house who feels that they want to start their relationship with God today, raise your hand. If you want to renew your walk with God today, 
raise your hand. Thank you, I see your hand. And you can, let's just take a moment and stand. Let us just take this moment and stand. And you can repeat after me. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I come to you. I thank you that your love saved me. Your blood washed me clean. Therefore, I repent of my sins. And I thank you that you've forgiven me. I ask you to be the Lord of my life. I make you the Lord of my life today. In simple faith, I cry out to you. Heal my broken heart. Restore the damage that the enemy has done. Help me to grow in the things of God. Father, I thank you right now that as we grow in the things of God, that, Lord, your glory shines and that we go from one level of glory to the next. And that as we pursue you and not allow the things to destroy and steal from us, we ask you to restore that which is broken, that which is damaged. Forgive us for ourselves and heal us because you are mighty. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Before you leave, I just wanted to say thank you for hearing me out. As you go out on your way, we have our offering baskets. Please pray and ask God what you'd like, what he'd like you to contribute. And remember that we have our online Thursday communion Bible studies. Please join us online and we'll see you next week. Have a great week. Remember, you are a Remember you are a All things have passed away. All things have become new.